Hey, uh, we are starting a brand new series today called Filters. Y'all ready? Are y'all ready? So we're going to talk about changing the way you think. It's going to change your life. And next four weeks, we're going to look into this. So before we go any further, let's, let's just pray one more time and just invite God to come and uh, speak to us. Holy Spirit, we invite you in this moment. We open up our ears to hear. We open up our eyes to see. God, I pray, Lord, that you would pour into us what you want to speak to us today. Lord, we receive it. God, help our New Orleans saints tomorrow in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Because we're not going to talk about yesterday. All right, so. How many of you know what this is right here? What is this? An air filter, exactly, an air filter. And uh, rightly named, our series is called Filters. And so I thought, hey, we need to bring out a couple of things that talk about filters. And so if you know anything about an AC system, the way an AC system works, you have some returns in your home, uh, just like we have some in our church here that suck air in inside of your home. And then you have this filter that all of the air kind of penetrates through, goes into your system, gets cooled or gets heated based off of what season it is. Lately, it's still been getting cool. Come on, how many are ready for some heat to come through that heater? Get some coolness. And, and then it gets blown out into your house. What many of us don't realize is that this piece right here, this cheap piece, it's not even really that expensive, is so important to your system. A couple of years ago, I was having my AC system worked on at my house, and we were having some things, some problems with it, and, uh, and my AC guy came up to me and he said, hey man, can I pass on some advice to you? And I said, yeah. He said, would you like to save some money on your electricity bill? I was like, amen. He was like, hey, would you like your system to last for a while? I said, amen. He said, change your filter. <laughs> and he came and he brought my filter to me. This is what my filter looked like. Look, this is what my filter, so... I'm kidding. This isn't my filter. So just, <laughs> this, is, this is a picture I got off of Google. But anyways, uh, this, is, this is a clean filter, of course, and then a filter that has not been changed for many, many years. I don't want you to have this problem. So just maybe, the, maybe this message will at least just save you some money to go change your filter in your AC. If you haven't checked it, you need to go check it. They say during the summer, you should change your filter once a month. And here's what Energy Star said. This is what Energy Star said about filters. Look at this. According to Energy Star, a dirty filter can increase energy costs, damage your equipment, and lead to early failure. That this piece, this small little $10 filter, that if, if you leave it over time and it gets clogged and dirty and contaminated, your AC system will cost you more. And if you leave it over time, it actually can damage your entire AC system if you leave it that way because it's trying to draw more. So your electricity bill is going to be higher, and actually your bill to actually do your AC system is going to be higher. The reason I bring all that up is because we didn't come to church to talk about AC systems. We came to church today to talk about what God has to say about filters, and one of the filters that God has given you is your brain. It's your mind. It's a mental filter that God has put in your system because all of the things that you have in your life come through your brain. Come to your brain first, gets filtered through there, then either goes to your heart or goes wherever you decide to send it. Here's where I'm getting today. Many of us have clogged filters and it's costing us a lot in our life and has the chance of actually doing major damage in our life if we don't change the filter. If we learn to change the filter, how I many know life's gonna be a lot better? Save you some money, save you some heartache, save you a lot of things. So this whole series is about us looking at the filters in our life, what God is calling us when it comes to the brain. 
So scripture actually talks a lot about filters in a different way. And let me show you what Romans chapter 12 says. This is what Romans 12 says. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your, everybody say that word with me. Mind. mind. Renewing of your mind. So let's put that in, in kind of the verbiage of this series. That, that if you don't need to listen to what the world's doing. Don't follow what the world's doing. Don't, don't keep doing what the world is doing. You want transformation? How many want your life to change? You want, you want your change life? Okay. All right. Everybody wants to transform, change life. Well, how do you do that? Well, you do that when you change the filter. When you renew your mind, the filter that's there, then you will be able to prove what is good and acceptable and the perfect will of God. So God is calling us to change the filter. <laughs> Excuse me. And, man, that was nice. Thank you. Okay. And so one of the things that we need to learn when it comes to filters is that everybody's got them. You have a filter right now. Let me prove it to you. See, people respond differently to circumstances. I just wrote this down. I think this is in your notes. People respond differently to circumstances, not because the facts are different, but because the filter's different. Now, you have a filter and I have a filter. That's why there are many of us in here, you can face the exact same situation as somebody else does and look at it two different ways. It's because of the filter. You can look, you can go through something right now and one person will have a lot of fear and one person will be brave. What's the difference? The filter. You can, you can go through something where maybe somebody comes up to you and says, hey man, can I speak into your life and, and try to share something with you? And one person gets offended and gets mad and rants on Facebook and the other person says, thank you so much for telling me the truth. I so appreciate it. What's the difference? The filter. The, the, the Israel army that was going up against Goliath and all of the army was terrified and didn't want to step out. Nobody wanted to fight him. And a 16-year-old boy walks up on the scene and is like, what's going on, guys? Why are y'all so scared? And they're like, look at him. And he's like, man, I could take that punk out easily. <laughs> what's the difference? The filter. That some people can walk into something and have fear. Another person can walk into something and have faith. The difference is the filter. You and I are going to go through many of the similar situations, maybe different. There's some things that you've gone through that I haven't, things that I've gone through that you haven't. There's things we've all gone through together. But it's the filter that can determine what it comes in on the outside. See, because what comes into your mind comes out in your life. Everybody say that with me. What comes into my mind comes out in my, in my life. And so I, I want to show you this. Watch. Let me, let me put up some words on the screen that will help you see that everybody's got filters. Here we go. Ready? Here's, here's one. Father. Father. Some of you in here, when you see that word, you think, I don't want to be like that. Some of you think of hurt. Some of you think of abandonment. Some of, some of you think of pain. And then there's others of you, when you see that word, you think of, thank God. I love my dad. I had a great dad. You think legacy. What's the difference? Filter. Filter. Let me show you another word. This one. Yeah. Some of you in here are like, Mm-mm, nope, not happening. Nope. Mm-mm. Some, and then some of you in here have been the byproduct of divorce. Your family was divorced. So when you think about marriage, you just think about pain. You just think about all the stuff that can come with it. You think about some of the men in here are thinking about, I'm just going to be bound for years. And then others of you on the other side of that, all the men in the house are thinking, I'm so grateful for my wife. I love my wife. She's a great gift to me. There should have been a lot more amens from the men's section here, okay? 
I just set y'all up. I put, it's like a T-ball. I just set y'all up. That could have been brownie points. You could have just got right there. So uh, I'll try it again. My wife, she's such a gift. She's a blessing to me. She's amazing. She's, okay, all right. So trying to help y'all out here. It's all based off of the filter, though. <laughs> Maybe we need to change y'all's filter a little bit. <laughs> How about this word? How about this one? It was like split right here. The, the, what just happened? Some of you are like, yeah. And some of you are like, oh. Everybody's got different filters on this word. Some of you in here, when you see this word, you're like, oh, no, no, no. You're like blocking it like Shaq. Get that out of here. You don't have anything to do with this. You think of pain. You think of disgusting. You think of, you know, hungry. Okay. You think of, think of hunger. And then there's others of you in here, like my wife, who would look at this word and think of healthy living. I feel better than I've ever felt before. I can actually finally sleep now. I'm losing weight. I'm getting stronger. It's all based off of how you look at it and what your filter is saying. Is everybody tracking with me so far? Everybody's got different filters. Here's another one. Ready? This one. Yeah, some of y'all were in here for the other ones. Okay, so this is, some of you look at this word and you think of boring, long, judgmental, hypocritical, and then all the people who come to Our Savior's Church think, <laughs> okay, all right, just making sure we're in the right church here. So. We, we want you to get to a place where you love your church, but maybe because of past experiences, maybe because of hurt, maybe because of imperfect people, maybe because a pastor failed or because of pain that has happened in a previous church. When you see this word, you're, whoa, I don't, I don't know if I want to, I don't know if I want to go there. I don't know if I want to do that. The, the, we all have filters. Let, let me give you one more. This is, this is my last one. How about this one right here? This is, so. Okay. Sorry. That was, was that low? I, I apologize. All right. Get that off. All right. So here we go. Let me, let me share with you a thought here when it comes to filters. And that is this, your life will always move in the direction of your strongest thoughts. Let me say it again. Your life will always move in the direction of your strongest thoughts. This is what scripture says in Proverbs 23 verse seven. As he thinks in his heart, so is he. This is what he's saying. As I'm thinking, I'm becoming. What I'm thinking about, I'm becoming. What comes in my mind, comes out my life. My life is always moving in the direction of what I'm constantly thinking about. Whatever I'm thinking about, that's what I'm constantly going towards. And listen to me closely. Your filters, your filters impact the way you see yourself, they impact the way you see others, and they impact the way you see God. It's all based of what this filter is. It can be a clean filter. It can be a dirty filter. And so I want to talk to you just for a little bit about what creates the funk in the filter. Come on, funk in the filter. How do we deal? You got to watch. You got to say that slow. And funk in the filter. I, how, what, what creates this? There's a couple things that can create this in our life. Now, there's, there's actually many things, but I want to I hit on two big ones. Number one. The devil's lies. The devil's lies are probably the number one funk that can get into our 
filters. This is what John 8, 44, let's go to God's word. It says, when he, the devil, lies, he speaks his native language, for he is a liar, and he is the father of, of lies. That every time the enemy is speaking, he is lying. And he is on a strategy to lie and to get you to believe the lie. Now, I want you to listen to me closely on this. Listen to me. When it comes to the enemy's lies and what he speaks over to us, the devil cannot touch you, but he can suggest things to you. All right, listen to me. The devil can't touch you. Okay, so when people are like, the devil made me do it. No, he didn't. No, he didn't. Oh, that's just the devil. Probably not. But he can suggest things to you. And then you can buy into that. And then you can believe that. And then you can live out of whatever he is suggesting to you. Can we take Adam and Eve as a for example? Adam and Eve, who lived in the perfect place, perfect garden, perfect animals, perfect everything, everything was perfect, walked with God, had everything at their disposal, and the enemy sneaks in and begins to suggest things to them. You can eat that fruit. Well, God said, no, I can't. You know why God said you can't? Because when you eat it, You'll be like him. Here's the lie. Ready? The lie to that is God is withholding something from you. That's the lie. And what does Adam and Eve do? They buy into the lie that, oh, God must be holding something back from me. And so they take matters into their own hands, and we know bring sin into the world, chaos, and everything else that comes. And so I want you to listen to me. All of us in here hear lies. All the time. They're always being played into it. So I just started writing down lies that we believe. God doesn't love me. God doesn't care about me. I'm always going to struggle. I'm always going to be hurting. I'm always going to be depressed. I'm not good enough. My past is too bad. I can't trust people. I can't get close to people. I can't trust God. I'm helpless. I'm hopeless. I'm worthless. I'm pointless. How many know our filters are clogged with a lot of lies? Y'all heard these before? You've heard these lies before? I've heard them. Let me tell you something. I can be up here on a Sunday and for 35 minutes preach faith, preach life. Man, preach it. But the three days prior and the three days after, I hear the enemy's lies more than ever. Why did you preach that? That didn't help nobody. Why are you doing that? They need Pastor Bubba back. He needs to preach more. You need to get away. You need to do this. You need to stop. You need to, God, I'm telling you, I wish you could, no, I don't wish you could hear the things that go on in my head. <laughs> but I want you to hear me on this. Hearing a lie is not damaging if you know it's a lie. The only power a lie has is your belief. That's good, Pastor Josh. That's good preaching. Good, 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 good. <laughs> Hearing a lie does not damage you. It's, it's when you believe that that lie is true is when it becomes the damage. The only lie that that power has is when you give it its power with your belief. That's the only time it steps in. And I'm going to tell you, the day you buy into a lie that you're not good enough, you're not smart enough, this marriage ain't going to ever work out, I'm always going to be addicted, the moment you buy into that lie, those church people, they're always going to hurt me, they're always going to do this, the moment you buy into that lie is the day the enemy now begins a covert operation 
to begin to plant not only that lie into your heart, but then by having that lie in your heart and in your mind, he now can control your desires. He can control your attitude. He can control your everything that you do. Because here's, watch how this happens. If you believe the lie that God's not with you, that God is not for you, that God is not moving things on behalf of you, when God says, hey, take that step, I want you to take that faith step, you're going to go, no, I'm not doing that. Because you don't think that God's with you. So you're not going to take the step. When you, when you believe the lie that, that you're not good enough, you're not smart enough, and God says, I want you to go and I want you to share with that person what, God, what I've been doing in your heart, you're going to go, no, I'm not doing that because I'm not good enough. I'm not smart enough. I'm not. Y'all see how the, the lie can hold you back from all the things that God wants to... When, when you hear the lie that everybody's going to hurt you, and then I stand up here and say, man, you need to get in a life group. You need to get connected to people. You go, nope, tried that. Mm-mm, not block. Nope, nobody's hurt me again. Mm-mm, no. Nope. Why? Because you have bought into, the filter is, is that everybody hurts you. And so when you hear something that gets you beyond that, you go, mm, no, 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 I'm not doing that. Is it, and, and so the devil, I, I wrote this down, the devil doesn't need to tell you any new lies as long as you believe the old ones. <laughs> so he don't have to keep doing more lies if you just keep believing the same old ones over and over again, and he's always lying. And so some of you, your filter is so clogged with the lies of rejection, with the lies of criticism, with the lies of hurt, with the lies of insecurity, with the lies of fear, your filter is clogged and clogged and clogged. They've stuck to you. And they have now not only stuck to you, they have defined you. You now define yourself as, yes, I am an addict. Hi, I am an alcoholic. No, you're not. Get that label off of your filter. You are not. You are a man or woman of God made in the image of God, and he has set you free. This is what God has called you to be. Number two is the world's pollution. If you really want to see some funk get up in your, your filter, start watching all of that trash that's on most of the media now. Man, just watch YouTube or Facebook or most of the movies that come out nowadays. And I'm not here to preach against certain movies or any of that. My thing is you just need to be very, very careful of what you're allowing into your eye gate, your ear gate. You need to be careful. My, my wife had seen a horror movie years back, scared the mess out of her. She couldn't sleep without a light on. I mean, it was just, she was always fearful. And then, and, and then so she just said, I'm never doing that again. Just not. I'm not allowing fear access into my heart and into my mind. Just not. Some of the things that we struggle with in here is because we've allowed the pollution in and we've allowed it to stick. And so this is what, this is what scripture says. Watch, watch what scripture says this way. Live no longer as the Gentiles do, for they are hopelessly confused. Man, sounds like a lot of people we know, huh? Man, just hopelessly confused. I don't know what to do. Their minds are full of darkness. Okay, let's change it. Their filter is full of funk. It's full. Because they're, they're hopelessly confused and they're living like Gentiles do. Look at the next verse says. It says, and they wander far from the life of God. Now watch, when, when your filter is clogged, watch what happens. Watch. They wander far from God because they've closed their minds and now they're hardened their hearts against God. So I'm going to talk to you right now. If, if, if we don't 
checked the filters and changed the filters and we allowed the funk to stay in the filters, it won't just uh, affect you right now. It's going to eventually lead you to a place where you look up one day and you wonder why you're so far from God. It's because you got funk in the filters and you don't want to change it. And so this is a, such an important thing for us when we realize we got to change the filters if we want to change the life. And so here's what I want to do. I want you to think about what you think about. So I want to I do what I, what I call a filter check. Let's do a filter check. I'm going to show you a couple of things. You should have these on your notes, and, and this is an opportunity for you to kind of do your own filter check. And I want us to look at a couple of different things here. So let's talk about worry and peace. So I want you to think about this week, all the things that you've been thinking about, maybe this month, maybe this year, what's been consuming your thoughts, what have you been really thinking about? Oftentimes it's what we're going through or what's happening in our current season of life, and we're constantly thinking about it. And I want you to think about it in the, in the scheme of worry and peace. What, what, what has been your demeanor when you look at whatever you're going through right now, the filter you're going through, is it, is it worry is it, man, I'm just worrying about this. I'm worrying about my finances. I'm worrying about my marriage. I'm worrying about my kids. I'm worrying about my stuff. Some of you have enough worry. You worry for everybody else. <laughs> Y'all know people like that? Like, they're worrying for you. Like, I'm good. Don't worry. <laughs> and they're, they're always worry, 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 worry. Always worried about what's going on. I'm like, Listen, you know what worry is? Worry is we want control. We just don't trust that God is in control. And so we step into control because we want control. Which, by the way, when you realize you're not in control, it makes you worry even more sometimes. But then you realize that your hand, your life is in the hand of someone who's always in control. How many of you know you got some, some peace that comes with this? And by the way, peace is not that you're going to have peaceful situations. Peace is something that God gives you in the midst of hard situations. When the doctor diagnoses you with something that you didn't expect and God says, here, I'm going to give you some peace for that. See, we think peace is God just fixes all of our problems and it's like kumbaya everywhere, okay? Peace is in the midst of the hard times, I still have this inner confidence that God's still good. He can work through this. So I want you to think about what you've been thinking about this week. What, is, what has been your thoughts on? Has it been about worry? Has it been, man, I don't know what I'm going to do with my job. I don't know what I'm going to do with my finances. I don't know what I'm going to do with And here's, watch, I'm going to show you how you know what's in your filter. Ready? Watch. Here's what you know, what you've been thinking about. It's because it's what you're talking about. Because you talk about what you think about. Let me prove it to you. Y'all met any people that like had their first baby? Like first baby? You have to unfollow them from Facebook for the next year. You're like, dear Jesus, if I see another picture of this baby, I am, oh my God. Why? Because they're talking about what they're constantly thinking about. Y'all with me? They talk about what they think about. You get around people at your office and they're always, they're always just talking about stuff. You find out what they're thinking about because they're always talking about it. So let me show you the next one. So negative versus positive. Anybody know any negative Nancys? Some negative Neds? Some people that just, they're always, they're always like Eeyore. Oh, me. <laughs> it's just like always. They could get a raise and they'd be like, I'm probably going to lose my job. Like, you just got a raise. I mean, like, it doesn't matter how many great things they have going on in their life. They always can look at it as if something bad's about to happen. Like, man, man, how's things going? It's great right now, but something bad's about to happen. I just know it. I can feel it. Like, Seriously. Y'all know people like that? Like they, they always look at a situation. And, and if I'm just honest, 
I can tend to be more on the negative side than on the positive. I'm just, I'm just being honest. I can tend to find myself, to find myself on this side of the scale than the other side of the scale oftentimes. And I'm always having to train myself and teach myself to not just be positive, like let's be positive thinkers. But there's something that happens within us when we begin to speak what God speaks. I know Jesus had this incredible ability to walk into a hard situation and just speak life over the situation. This is what we do, that as, as positive people, we speak life, we build up. We don't tear down, we build up. We don't discourage, we encourage. We don't criticize, we compliment. Come on, somebody, this is what we do. So you think about negative people, they're always critical of people, they're always hard on themselves, they're always, nothing's ever right, they're always discontent, nothing's ever good enough. Whereas positive people believe the best in people, speak the best of people. Life is good, even when life is hard. They're optimistic. And I want you to hear me, you can't have a positive life with a negative mind. You can't, it's impossible. If you wanna have a positive life, you gotta get the negativity out. Sometimes that means getting the negative person out. That's another message. All right, we're going to go there. Let me show you the next one. Worldly versus eternal. So let me just, let me, let me make that modernized. What does worldly mean? Worldly is me-centered. Eternal is God-centered. So worldly is everything that I think about is about what I have, what I want, what I need, what I this, what I that, what I, it's all this. Blah, blah. It's like children. You ever had your kids wake up in the middle of the morning? I've, I have yet to have any of my boys wake up and come into my room and go, Father, what would you like for breakfast today? Could I make something for you? Yet, that has not happened yet. I'm praying that that day comes. It has not happened yet. As soon as they wake up in the morning, it's, can I do this? Can I do that? Can you make this? Can you have that? Can you have, why? Because it's currently, right now, centered around them. You know that they're maturing when it is no longer about them and they're asking what they can do for you, for others, right? When they start taking responsibility and going, Dad, how can, how can I serve around the house? Well, I'm glad you asked, son. <laughs> okay, we haven't had any of those yet. All right, we're training, we're training, it's recruiting, okay? But guess what? You parents don't get to wake up and think about you, right? You wake up and you immediately have to go into everybody else mode, okay? Because we're parents, we have responsibility. But the same is as Christians, though, you know you also have responsibility to wake up every morning as a Christian and go, God, what do you want today? You know most of our prayers are like our kids to us. Daddy, do this for me. Daddy, do this for me. Daddy, do this for me. And God's going, what about me? What about me? And you know someone is maturing spiritually when their prayers are not 90% about them and about what they can do for him. And God, use me to make a difference in this world. Everybody with me? So worldly and eternal is when I start getting, it's, listen, there's nothing wrong with asking for things, but when the majority of your thing is about you and not about others, then you might be on a certain part of the scale that needs to get tipped over a little bit. Now, some of you right now are writing down, you know, writing your circles or wherever you think you are. You might need to hand it off to your spouse and let them write down what they think it is. <laughs> Slide over a little bit. And so, 
I want to show you, though, in our last bit together, how do we change the filter? And so we're going to go to God's Word and, and, and really look at, man, how do, how do we change it? Okay, we recognize there's some funk and there's some lies that we believe. There's some pollution. There's some stuff that we've been watching, some stuff we've been listening. We probably shouldn't. Some things that I've allowed in, but, but how do I change it? Well, this is what Scripture says. Look what the Apostle Paul says in 2 Corinthians. He says, the weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. But on the contrary, they have divine powers. Now watch this. Everybody say these two words with me. To demolish strongholds. To demolish strongholds. Strongholds in the Greek is a, is a word for prison. That the enemy, his whole mission is to steal, kill, and destroy. And one of the things that he does is he puts you in prison. Let me show you how the enemy works. The enemy lies to you on a daily basis. You believe the lie. You make it your truth. And now that lie has become your prison. And now you're stuck in a prison of lies. It's, it's confined you. And this, this, this scripture says that, that on the contrary, that we have the divine power. Come on, say, I've got the power. Okay, so we've got it. We've got it. Look at the next verse. Watch. We demolish arguments in every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And we take captive every thought. Take every thought captive. We make it. We make it. We make it obedient to Christ. We make it. We make it. So let me give you these three things and we're done. If you want to change the filter, number one, you got to own it. You got to own it. Notice Paul didn't say that we take the devil captive. What did he say? We take our thoughts captive. The greatest ability that you and I have, ready? Listen to this. The greatest ability that you and I have is responsibility. When, when we will get to a place where we'll just be responsible for where we are in life and stop blaming everybody else and take ownership for where we're at. If you want to change the filter, the first thing you've got to do is just own the fact that you've got a clogged up filter. Yeah, it's, it's not good right now. And maybe some of the reason it's clogged up is because of what people have said about you. Maybe it wasn't, you didn't ask for it. Other people have been trying to stick things to you. But we've just got to own the fact that where we're at right now in our mind, that this is our responsibility. Because if you don't own your thoughts, your thoughts will own you. And so you've got to own these thoughts. I've got to own it. Okay, I can't, I can't control it, but I'm going to own these. Number two, I'm going to identify it. Okay, so if I, if I want to change the filter, I've got to first off just own the fact that, hey, I got some stinking thinking. I got some stinking thinking. And then here, here's number two is you got to identify it, which let me give you, I'm going to give you some homework. Somebody will be like, man, I'm not in school. Okay, I'm sorry, but you're going to get some homework today. And here's the homework leaving here. So I want you to identify one stronghold that has been holding you back for a long time. What is that one lie? What is that one thing, the thing that you've believed that has just been holding you back? What is it? What is that insecurity? What is that fear? Because the reason why we want to identify it is you can't defeat what you cannot define. So until I can define what it is, then I can't defeat it. So I gotta define it, what is it? And then number three, we're gonna exchange it. 
We're going to exchange it. So we're going to change this filter. We're going to change it. So let me, let me show you how the enemy works real, real quick here, and then we're going to be done. The enemy will speak a lie to you, but it will have partial truth in it. That's why you don't swat it away immediately, because there's some of it that's actually somewhat true. So the enemy will come to you and say, you can't handle this. Well, partially, that's true. Because what I'm going through right now, I can't handle this. But then I just got to complete what the enemy says with the truth. I got to exchange it. So here's the truth. Yeah, I may be weak, but his grace has made me strong. I am weak, but he is strong. The lie is you're not beautiful because you've been scrolling Instagram and Facebook and been seeing all these women that have all of these airbrushed and stuff and you don't feel secure about your body because you've been looking at all this stuff because they also have filters. Oh, we'll get into that one in the coming weeks. All right. That what people portray they are isn't actually how they are because there's a filter that we put on to make ourselves look better. But there's a line of insecurity that I'm not pretty and I'm not beautiful. But then we got to come to God's word and he says, no, 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 no. You are fearfully and wonderfully made. You are mine. I love you as you are. And then, or then we hear the lie that I don't have a job and I don't have money and I don't know how I'm going to do this and I, we're never going to have anything. But then we got to come over here and we got to read God's truth that says, if he takes care of the birds of the air and the flowers of the fields, do not worry about what you will have because he will meet every need that you have, that he can, he can give money anytime he wants. He can provide. He is a provider. He is faithful to his children. Come on, somebody. We got to preach with it. We got to preach. Listen to me. You can't outthink the devil, but you can't outpreach him. So some, some of you have just been listening to him and letting him preach to you. It's time you preach back. Y'all ready to preach back? You got to preach back. When you hear the lie of you're going to die and you're not, you, this, this is not curable. Well, then I hear what God has to say that he heals all diseases and that, he, that everything bows to the name of Jesus. And that means every cancerous cell has to go. That means that no weapon formed against me will prosper. That means that greater is he who is in me than he that is in this world. Y'all with me? We got to preach. 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 It's not just for a pastor to do. It's for you to do. And I don't know if you need to go find some scriptures or find some verses or find some things that line up against whatever you're believing and find those words. And every morning you wake up and you look in that mirror and you just begin to declare the word of Lord and you just exchange every lie that comes at you. You just exchange it, exchange it, exchange it. I'm going to take that thought captive. I'm going to take that thought captive. I'm going to take that thought captive. God, you love me. You care for me. You're with me. You're for me. You're not against me. You'll never leave me. You'll never forsake. Whoo! Talk about... Preach yourself back into faith. And then sometimes you just got to get on the phone and you got to let somebody else preach you back into faith. I mean, you know, sometimes you got to borrow somebody else's faith for a little while. And so this is what God has called us to do. And I want to end with this scripture. John 8, 32 says, you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. Come on, how many want to be free? Come on, anybody free? I want to be free. 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 
The opposite of this is true as well. That he who believes the lie will also be held and bound. Y'all tracking? You believe the lie, you're bound, you're stronghold. You believe the truth, you're set free. So I want to end with a story that happened years back. I was a youth pastor here at uh, for many years, and a, a part of what I just did on Wednesday nights when we'd have services, a lot of students didn't have rides to come, and I would never let that stop someone from ever getting to church. So I'd go pick up kids, load my car up with as many kids as I could, look like, looked like a clown circus, all these kids coming out of my car <laughs> all the time. And, um, and so there's this one kid that I, that I had that I went to his house, never been to his house before, went to his house, knocked on the door, and, and uh, I heard from the inside, come on in! And I opened the door, no one was there to greet me, but I opened the door, and the smell that came out of that house, oh, it was, it was bad. And I was like, what is going on? So I walk into the house, and as I'm walking in the house, I'm calling the kid, he's like, I'll be down in a minute. And I'm walking through the living room, walking through the dining room, and all around, what, what I did not know was this family loved cats from the pit of hell. And so <laughs> those that don't know, I, I'm allergic, like deathly allergic to cats. If I go into a house and then the cat's not even there, but there's just cat hair, my throat tightens up, my eyes start bulging. And so, um, and so I'm like, and there's like 20 of them all around. I'm like, I just walked into hell. I walked into hell. Like, I don't know if I'm gonna need a needle, you know, <laughs> just get a shot just immediately. And I walk in it, and it wasn't just the smell but it was what I was seeing because there was cat feces all over the house, like everywhere. And I'm like, I would have loved to have had a camera in there and see my facial reaction when I walked into this place. I'm just like, what in the world? So finally he comes down, we get into my car and we're driving here to church and I'm like, man, hey, what is up with your house? And he says this, he says, listen, this is what he says. What are you talking about? What am I talking about? I said, I see y'all have a love for cats. He said, he said, yeah. I said, man, I saw like, it's like feces everywhere. Like, what's wrong? He said, yeah, my mom says she'll always pick it up, but she doesn't. And I thought, wow, like no one wants to own it. Everybody wants to blame everybody else for why it is the way it is. He wasn't doing it. Mom wasn't doing it. Dad didn't do it. So they just left it. And here's, listen to me closely. This is the point of this whole story. Many of us can be living with funk all in the house. And when people try to tell you, hey man, that's not normal, you say, what are you talking about? This is how it's always been. And you don't realize that someone's trying to open the door and breathe some fresh air up into that house so you can breathe again. Because when you know the truth, it sets you free. Are y'all with me? We're just trying to, listen, we're just trying to clear the clutter. We're trying to get the funk out so you can see God clearly, see people clearly, and live on mission for what he's called you to do and not continue to live in the funk as if it's normal. So this whole series is about getting the funk out, changing the filter, let us see God as he, we're supposed to see him, see people as we're supposed to see him, and see ourselves as we're supposed to see him so we can be set free. Come on, somebody. This is the mission of, our, of this series. So I want you to close your eyes just for a minute. We're done.
But I just want to pray for you. If you're here in this place and you know, man, there's some strongholds. There's something that you've been believing. There's a lie that's just been constantly going. And it's, it's time. It's time for us to claim victory over that and exchange that. If that's you, just shoot your hand up. Say, Pastor Josh, would you just pray for me? I know that. I know those lies. I'm hearing them. I've, I've maybe believed some of them. I'm ready. So, Father, right now in this moment with all these hands that are raised, God, I pray, I pray, I pray, I pray that you would open the door. Open the door, fresh breath, fresh breeze to come into this house. God, we thank you for your light that exposes the darkness and these lies. God, not to shame us, but to heal us. So God, I pray right now, Lord, for healing in this house. Let it start in our minds. May it start here. Because God, we know as the mind goes, so the life goes, so our heart goes. So God, change us from the inside out. Help us change this filter. We need you. We need you. God, we repent today of believing these lies, of letting these lies control us, of letting this pollution in. God, we, 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 we're asking you to come and help us clean house. Lord, help us. We want to see as you see and do as you do. We pray this today. With our heads bowed, just one more moment with God. If you're here in this place, and you don't have a relationship with God, it's easy. It's not something that a pastor or a priest or a program can do. It's something that you can have because Jesus came. He came so that you could have a walking relationship with him. And the Bible says that when God comes, he lives on the inside of us, and then he changes us from the inside out. And if you're here in this place, and you've never been what the Bible would say is born again, that spiritually... You've never been made alive by the life of Christ coming inside of you. It's easy. It's as easy as ABC. We admit that we're sinners. We believe that Jesus came. He lived the life, died the death that we deserve to die. But ultimately, we confess that he is Lord. Revelation says that Jesus is standing at the door knocking, waiting for us to open the door. If you're here today and you've never opened that door, you've, you've led your own life, you've felt like you've been good enough, truth is you can't be good enough to get to heaven. You need Jesus. And he'll come, he'll live on the inside of you. If you're here in this place and you've never, you've never raised your hand, you've never prayed that prayer, you've never invited him, I want to invite you to do this in this moment. Say, Pastor Josh, would you just pray for me? On the count of three, I want you to shoot your hands up. One, two, three, if that's you, count me in, Pastor Josh, count me in. Thank you over here. Thank you, one. Two, three, four, five, six. Thank you over here on the left. Seven. Thank you so much. Come on. This is a moment. Anybody else? Count me in. Jesus, we pray right now, Lord, for every person that's in this room. God, we confess you are Lord. God, we repent of our sins and what we've done to live life for ourselves. We invite you to come. Lord, we thank you for what you did on that cross, your body that was bloodied, bruised, and broken for our sin, our shame, and our guilt, and you took it on yourself. But God, you rose again to give us new life. And God, we thank you for your grace and your truth. And today we confess you as Lord of our life. Lord God, forgive us, cleanse us, give us a new start. God, from this moment, we'll follow you in all that we do. In Jesus' name. And everybody said...